drop. Storyfort presents Voices of Treefort Music Festival. I am your co-host, Larry Rosen. With me, of course, is Storyfort founder and co-host extraordinaire, Christian Wynn. Hello there. Co-founder. Co-founder and former Idaho writer in residence. I'm never going to forget that. I think that's awesome. But today, uh, another episode on our series of the origins of Treefort. Today, we have three guests who all figured prominently... Definitely prominently. In the development of Tree Fort uh, since its founding in 2012. We have, in order, Sarah Payton, who is the assistant director of Tree Fort. Stephanie Coyle, uh, she is a co-founder. She is. Of the festival, and she is the head of festival hospitality. And it'll be fun to kind of dive into the, the real, you know, the, the seed of the founding. Absolutely. With when Stephanie. this was born, where, how... Why? Yeah, yeah, and, ha- and how they started gathering like-minded people. Yeah, people like our Ale Fort man. Like our third too. guest today, David Roberts, the founder. Co-fa- is everyone a co-founder? Is there, there's really no he one. He was around from year one, but right. yeah, I don't know if he's considered officially a founder. I mean, of we'll Ale Fort. Of Ale Fort, definitely. I mean, he, he can tell us all about that, but he definitely was there year one and kind of like, just started it out. So let's uh, not waste any more of your time listening to us. Nope. Let's go get our guests and sit back and relax and transport yourself back to 2012. Those halcyon days. Yes, indeed. And the founding of Tree Fort. All right, just off the jump, let me uh, welcome everyone. Uh, Sarah, Steph, and David. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah. It's be fantastic. This is going to be great fun. To be here. What we want to do today is talk about your involvement in this massive project, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit about the founding and what you were doing back then and how you got involved. But also, I want to break down individual roles and what, you know, what you've done. And of course, as we were talking about outside, the inevitable, is this what you signed up for? <laughs> so I want to start with Steph, because you were there at the beginning. Yep. So describe to all of our vast audience of listeners, <laughs> how did you get involved? Um, I think it was 2011 was the year that we first started started talking about this project. I had been active in the uh, Boise music scene um, for a few years prior. No, when you say active, how so? Um, I was a I was a co-founder of an organization called Go Listen Boise. Um, I was involved with Radio Boise from the beginning. Um, just tried to get awareness of our scene and get bands active and appreciated and that sort of thing. So at the time, Lori Shandro came along and, and she wanted to do something on a larger scale and she started gathering like-minded active people in the community. It was kind of um, a gathering of just folks in the scene at that time who might be able to sit down and brainstorm and come up with an idea. And, and for all of you, and this includes you, Christian, was there a sense at the time that there was a built-in audience for this sort of ambitious project? It was growing. It was, there was some, there was some buzz starting that people were getting a little more excited about music, going out to see music a little bit more. Um, Eric Gilbert was in town at that time and, and really active. Um, so yeah, I think the time was, was right. 
obviously, you know, it, it, we all sat down. I think there were eight or ten of us the first year, and we didn't have any really specific roles at the time. We just started brainstorming. I mean, literally, we didn't know what any of us were going to do. And and did anyone have experience <laughs> as a promoter? Um, Eric. Eric did. Yeah, Eric had booked shows when he was up in school in Moscow mm-hmm. and then also in Boise and also when he lived in the Magic Valley. And mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I he, had done some on a smaller scale, just local, like local shows. But to speak to your question before that, I think that there the momentum was going, but there was, I think the founders and Steph is one of those, had this desire to take the momentum and grow it and a little bit of placemaking like create a place where people come to play music mm-hmm. and also where people want to stay and play music. Mm-hmm. I, I have heard a lot of sort of w- mythical tales of bands who played, what were you saying? They played in Austin and they were on their way somewhere else yeah. and they'd stop here overnight. Well, like, well, they're yeah. here. Well, that's why, we, yeah. that's why we do it the week that we do it because South by Southwest is the week before. And so mm-hmm. for routing purposes and a lot of bands being out on the road, it made, it made a lot of sense to do it that this way. This is kind of like drive-through country too for a lot of bands. Yeah. Like yeah. You can find out later that like Sonic Youth stayed in town or yep. something like that, but they didn't play a show while they were here. Yep. So. You can just look at like all of your favorite bands' tour schedules when they get announced and sure enough, it's Salt Lake. Portland, Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was always know, a Seattle. frustration too. When Bo- yep. it seemed like Boise would always get skipped, like and there were there were a lot of people here that wanted these great shows to come to town, and we would actually like look at the routing, and it would be like Seattle, Portland, Wah. Salt Lake, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or and Boise would always get skipped, always. And yeah. so it, it's is that is that baked into sort of the the civic uh, image? That like, hey, quit skipping us. I don't, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it was conscious, but it definitely was, hey, we have value in the scene too. And mm-hmm. we have musicians here who could open for you, who want to play shows. Who, um, and I think now we are a little bit more on that map. I think Tree 4 has helped oh, to put us on yeah, that definitely. tour schedule. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and thank you for opening that door, Sarah, because I wanted to ask about that. From the beginning, what were, what were people thinking about balancing out all the you know all the local talent versus let's get yeah. some big names in here so we can get people to come to this thing. Yeah, that's I think that's been tough. Actually, there was a small festival. Um, I don't know if it was the same earlier in the same year or maybe the year before. Um, it was called the Promenade. Oh do yeah, you remember? yeah. A few, I don't remember that at all. Before, no. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. think it only happened one time. It was a really great idea. Same <clears throat> same idea. Multiple venues. The girl that. Um, thought that up she wanted to keep it strictly just all local bands which which yeah. I, that's a legitimate which was point honor, of view yeah, too. It, yeah it was great but then um i helped out with that festival eric gilbert was part of that too and similar conversation you know we all she she really had this thing that she wanted to keep it all local which i could appreciate but at the same time i think eric came in and said but are we really serving ourselves as well as we can by just keeping it local it's... and so it it happened i think it did continue to be local but I think it only happened. But so when Eric says that, then he is thinking this is something we want to grow. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think with every fort too, it bleeds out into the whole festival. Like seventy five percent of our programming or you know, sixty percent is local. Mm -hmm. But then we bring we want people to inspire us and also highlight the things we're doing at home. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of creating that place making, but then creating like the northwest I think we've really brought together. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the region as well. Well it's such a great advertisement for 
Boise, as someone who comes here from somewhere else, the idea is, oh, Liz Fair's plan. I'm going to go see Liz Fair. And well, Liz Fair's not planned till Friday. I got three days to kill. Hey, look at this great local band. And look yeah. at this place. It's yeah. so awesome. Yep. So Sarah, uh, you are not the uh, Sarah Payton who specializes in training nonviolent communication. No, I don't. But... I Googled you. Um, <laughs> she and you're not her. like something I would get into. <laughs> I know. She, a, she has an H. <laughs> okay. So since we've established that, let's talk about how you got involved in Tree Fort. Um, yeah, so my good friend Megan is the marketing director, and she has been from the beginning and a founder as well. Um, and she was just really excited to get her friends involved. And so we started doing stuff at my house, like painting murals for the festival. Like the artistic director, he's still the director, he would do an outline and then we would like tape it on the walls of my house and we would all paint it in. And what year was this? That was like, so 2000. 11 2012 oh, so so the festival was the first year okay mm-hmm. and then i helped megan during that festival like schlep water around and like i i've always been that person who's i want to help and so i would help with whatever random thing needed done i wasn't really part of the team and i i don't think i was really a volunteer i just was helping out you're just there yeah and that's kind of how i worked my way into it but the next year kind of the same um but then i helped megan with some marketing I would be like the person on Instagram every year and like, you know, all the social media accounts capturing content and then worked my way around and now I'm the assistant director. So kind of do on Eric's team, he's the festival director, mm-hmm. kind of working side by side, leading the festival. And for everyone here, is that a fairly common story with how people mm-hmm. think it's made this their job? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Number yeah. One story, yeah. I mean, Christian was throwing pizzas around. <laughs> the first two yeah. years, yeah, I worked the main yeah. stage on yeah. the pie hole, the pie hole cart. Yeah. When where Eric also worked at pie hole. Oh, when that's I right. Him yeah, there. So that's that was, right. This pizza joint in, in Boise that uh, supported the festival. And, and is, is that just happenstance or is that a point of pride with everyone involved with the festival that I it's a both. real grassroots? Oh, for sure. I think both. Point of pride. And I think that's huge part of why it works is mm-hmm. that all the people who are doing the thing that they do are doing it because they looked at it and were like, there's a need for this. I'm mm-hmm. passionate about it. I can, I can make it happen mm-hmm. with some hard work and support. Yep. And speaking of that, David, <laughs> let's yeah. talk about how you got involved because your story sort of takes a little bit of a left turn because you're in charge of your own fort. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, I was, I mean, this is back. I feel like when social media was much simpler and more pleasant but <laughs> I was looking at Facebook and there was this announcement by an organization called Treeport Music Fest that they were going to do this thing and it had a large mission statement about how they were going to make place make in Boise and turn it into a spot that was you know somewhere where musicians didn't want to leave and other musicians wanted to come and it could be a vibrant scene and at the time I was working at a uh, beer store and I just recently become the beer buyer there and was like that's exactly how I feel about craft beer. And I, I think it is a scene that should be nurtured and developed. And we were experiencing a lot of that same thing where you know, people with brewing talent felt like they had to go to Seattle or Portland to, to grow and learn. Mm-hmm. And if we can just maybe shine a spotlight on it. Boy, when you put it that way, it really kind of brings into focus how much that beer world has changed since then. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, mm-hmm. yeah. so true. I mean, now every town has its own brewery basically yep and i mean just thinking about the way alefort worked the first year to now where the first year every single local brewery participated and in fact i was so worried that there wouldn't be enough beer i recruited a brewery that was just like 
two years away from even being here, but they had plans to be here. So I was like, you're included you're too. In. <laughs> and now I, there's no way we could include every local brewery because there would just be too much beer and we there'd be no way to serve it or buy it or afford it. Or have and, room for it. <laughs> all those things. And the first ale fort was in 2012, right? Mm-hmm. It was part of the first uh, tree fort. Yep. It was in a uh, big geometric dome thing. Mm-hmm. And I just remember... Well, I feel like one in ten people that approached it was, I saw that thing at Burning Man. <laughs> this is going to be a party. <laughs> well, there are some, some built-in risks with introducing Elfort to Treefort. And, and, and did you face, you face some of those risks early on, right? Oh. And the risk is that people are going to get wasted. Very much so. And I think, you know, the <laughs> format of, I had never done anything like that before, and no one at Treefort had done anything like Treefort before. What, get wasted? <laughs> We've done that a lot. They have done that. It's not in such a focused that. manner, though. Yeah. Uh, not in a geodesic dome, yeah. But, uh, you know, so I just, like, reached out to Treefort via Facebook message or an email address or something, and they were like, yeah, sure. And I met them at a, a beer bar and was like, I think beer's great and it should be a part of Treefort. And they were like, oh, yeah, we do need alcohol, and no one's doing that right now, you're in charge. And so it grew into us doing, or me doing alcohol at the main, beer service at the main stage, and then also um, ale form. Because I'd never done it before, I was like, well, it'll be all you can drink, and, you know, <laughs> it, it, people will be responsible. And hmm. I didn't even have a fence around the perimeter, which, like, looking back now is so insane. And the police yeah. walked up, and I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, there's yeah. people way too blasted and like no perimeter just like cups walking around into the street it was a different time because it's all no. a blur where was that i can't even remember what, the first year where it is the now linen building right next to the linen building yeah, yeah. by the mo- yeah okay yeah. i and see it's all like i know it's another strange thing is um i feel like it was february and we were still looking for oh, a location yeah. we were oh for sure i remember like wandering around oh. the streets with oh, eric yeah. and drew and just like looking at and this is also just, you know, how Boise has changed. Not um, abandons a strong word, but buildings that were empty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there were just so many empty buildings downtown. Mm-hmm. Like, what about that one? What about that one? I mean, one? we do that still. Yeah. 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 That's true. It's so still that, a part of my But also, team. yeah, the festival is the third week of March, so it was pretty close. If yeah. Oh, yeah. Just to put it into like, context. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. That brings up a good point I was thinking when you were saying that. To all of you, do you think it'd be possible to start something like this now? So much has changed. I don't even know if in 2020 mm. you could put up a geodesic dome with no fence and say, this is Aylfort. Someone yeah. would stop you before you got I to like the day of. I to think so, yes. Yeah. With these scrappy people, if you had the same people in the mix who were like, <laughs> we're just going to figure this out no matter what. Every year we have new challenges. It's a whole new set, it feels yeah. like. Oh, yeah. Or new but... ideas or people with who come to us that really think that's just as their idea is just as important as it was the first year. I, I think the scrappy people would still get scrappy. figured out. I like that. Yeah, I think we could. Well, let's talk about that growth. And David, I, yours is going to be a little different, but what have been some of the challenges in growing this and maybe challenges that you didn't think would come up? You know, what's been one that you got blindsided by? Wait, I didn't mm-hmm. sign up for this. Um, women are sharing a meaningful place. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we could go so many dire- different directions be. with that. Um, Every year, weather. 
It's in March. Like, it's a little bit of a boring topic, but people are always like, why is your festival in March? It's a reasonable question. And like Steph said, it's really, it's purposeful. It's right after South By. Mm. So we're trying to catch those folks headed back on, just on tour, headed back home to the West Coast. And so every year we try not to look at the weather report. It's oh. like I know so it has snowed. Yeah, it's snowed. It's snowed. It's the first the year I was it's here. It's been seventy-five, and all the cherry trees blossoms are yeah. blooming. Yeah. Um, but that's every year, and it kind of has made us pretty resilient. Like, oh, that happened. Well, we're just gonna roll with it. Mm-hmm. Well, you must have plans in place now. If it happens every year, I mean, we have plans for sure. <laughs> every year we get better at that, but sometimes, you know. Our plan is mostly to tell our audience to dress appropriately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that, it, you know, as we talk about placemaking, I think, you know, when people ask me why Tree Ford or Yale Forder is in that time of year, I think it is a reflection of the fact that we're like, you know, kind of a, we're a Western city. And so we're a little bit tougher in those regards. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the weather for us is fun and everybody's mm-hmm. got some nice fleece they're willing to put on. I mean, people yeah. wear their fleeces to the nice restaurants in the city. So yeah, it's, it's <laughs> culturally... True. I think Do, have you had cool. any pushback from artists though who were like I'm not playing in the snow? Uh, mm-hmm. We've it's awesome. We have we just have the best musicians come. Like mm-hmm. Sharon Jones, oh, the gosh, year two yeah. was she was in an awesome dress, like a jeweled you know little Fringy. dress, and it was <laughs> snowing. It was cold. It was so cold, and she just rolled with it. She oh, was she freezing, was but she was dancing super hard, and the audience was dancing <laughs> really hard. And usually everyone's like, it's this kind of spirit with the artists whether they know it before they get there or not like we're all in this together and we're gonna have fun no matter what um her it's cool to see how these professional musicians do respond in these situations like this because that show in particular she has her um her ladies go up first and they kind of do this big intro thing and and that Sharon Jones was just sitting backstage, just like shivering. She, we had blankets for her. I had run over and grabbed like hand warmers for her. She was shivering. And I was like, oh my gosh, is she going to be able to go up and perform? Because literally she, I was like, she's freezing. And when it was her time to go up, she like threw the blankets off, <laughs> went up there and just, you would never, that's a performer. never know. Yeah. Yes. You would never know. Did any of you have the opportunity to personally talk to George Clinton when he was here? Um, gosh, did we, I, did you I didn't, I got him, I arranged to get him a, a last minute massage. Oh, <laughs> those are the fun things I get to do sometimes, yes. but no, I didn't. Did you talk to him? You would be the one that would probably have the best. Steph's in charge of yeah. all the hospitality, I making just, people feel welcome. Yeah, oh, you, just, you just Clinton's killed one. my segue. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in charge Sorry. now. I'm very good at getting <laughs> there. That's I why see, she does I what she does. I see how this works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about your job then, Steph. You are uh-huh. in charge of hospitality. Mm-hmm. And I was asking you outside, oh, does that mean you get to see the performers in their unguarded moments? Yeah. And you said, eh, kind of. Yeah. And now that too, I didn't go into this thinking I'm going to, Eric calls me the band mom, which at first I was like, no, I'm band not. Mom. And then I'm like, yeah, I am. I think that's, I think that's ageist. <laughs> I can own that. It, it, I am. It's an ageist but, comment. Well, plus I am really a mom. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, like you said, we just kind of all started taking on tasks that we seemed to be good at and. Well, that seems to speak to that scrappiness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I like to plan yeah. food yeah. And... and. you have a, an awesome assistant who's not here yeah, today. Yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't yeah. like, I mean, I could talk forever about this kind of stuff, but I have this amazing volunteer team that I think what I did all this, like mostly by myself for the first few years multiple 
green rooms and venues and artist lounges and I had I had some help my family was a big help but I was like I didn't know how to delegate for a long time and I would think that I could be 10 places at one time all day long <laughs> well and one of the most impressive things that I've seen from people working on this festival and I'm sure any festival is that if I'm tell me if I'm wrong but you all have other jobs mm -hmm. and other lives mm-hmm most well, of us do. Yeah. How do you manage to balance it? <laughs> and what level of zealousness is required? Everyone's yep. pointing at you, David. Well, I mean, for me, I'm just super lucky. I've got a um, an employer who kind of recognizes the value of Treefort to the community. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so yeah. while I still, um, you know, I'm working really diligently at my day job all the time during Treefort, I get quite a bit of leniency. And there's no way I could do it really outside of that. So I can only imagine how rough it must be for people who are in situations that are less flexible. Yeah. And you work but, in the industry too, so you are kind of dealing with beer and, you know, alcohol through your day job, right? Um, less so now, originally, okay. and that's kind of reflected in the way that Elfort works in that no longer, you know, where the first couple of years it was super fun for me to sit down in my living room and like, you know, work on the beer program and like write it all out and pick when, which beer would be at what time and, um, now there's a group of people who, you know, are, that passion is still fresh and young in them and they do it. And I just kind of like encourage them, mm -hmm. which yeah. has been one of the most rewarding parts about L4 for me oh, yeah. recently. Yeah. And, you know, that mm -hmm. has expanded to, um, there's cider programmers in addition to beer programmers. And this year there's going to be, um, you know, cocktail programmer. And then there's. Um, a wine programmer, and it's allowed Ooh. me to focus more on yep. wine, wine. <laughs> the food programming that happens in there. Although that has nothing to do with the origin tree for it. That's all like oh, future it does. stuff. I it's think, okay. Yeah, yeah, I think it's I, delegating and creating teams, like you both said. That's been a skill I think all three of us can yeah, really speak to. I think so too. To. Yeah. It's been like really hard, but like super rewarding and just cool to see people ha like thrive and have fun mm -hmm. and learn how to create themselves. So, and, and as far as personal growth goes for, for, you know, we talk a lot about what you all give to this, but what do you get out of it? I, it, I bring this up because I realized when I was doing my research, I found a PDF of a marketing plan you had written for Alefort. And I wonder, I wonder if he knew how to write a marketing plan eight years ago. Uh, definitely not. And I'm surprised that something like that exists. But it was like a hardcore you find that? marketing, a PDF <laughs> of a real marketing report. And, and have you two also gained skills? Um, oh, I definitely have. This is actually my main job. I'm super fortunate. I'm really lucky that I get to mainly focus on this. Um, yeah, it's kind of, I, I'm 30 now, and I started doing Tree Force stuff when I was 21, and it's pretty sh much shaped a lot of who I am. And yeah. Which was my next question. When you were 21, what did you want to be when you grew up? I had no idea. And I, you know, I've always been that person that's kind of, uh, I think I'm pretty heart-driven, but I never know what I want to do, and I never, I'm still, I think, on my way to growing up. You weren't but, shiftless. You were just aimless. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of aimed. just, yeah. And Tree Force has really pointed me in a direction I never knew I would go. Mm -hmm. Does the work you do call on skills that you had been developing in school and, and in jobs before? Or was it a complete left turn? I think being a server, I was like, a, I was working at a local pizza restaurant. I think that probably, but um, I, school hasn't really helped me at all with tree for more just maybe empathy. And I think, yeah, having kind of just the heart for 
being around people and community and place making, I guess. But does it, I guess what I'm asking is that you've developed skills mm-hmm. and you know how to do a job now. And was there anything in your past growing up that suggested these would be the skills that you would develop? Or was it just, I like music. This seems cool. I'm going to get involved. Um, it's so hard to say. It's so, like I said, it's been my whole adult life, so it's hard to yeah, remember before. <laughs> so where are you in your sister relationship? This is a kind of, I'm just curious. Like, oh, what, where do you fall in your... I'm the older sister. Okay. Yeah. I only ask because Sarah, a couple of years ago, took on a really important role and she kind of became like a... When we started doing like follow-up meetings with each kind of forehead oh, or yeah. team leader or whatever, um, Sarah became... I mean, I started calling her the the glue because <laughs> she was kind of like this neutral person that would kind of mediate kind so, of like meetings. Like if I had a problem, if I didn't love the way something was being run and I didn't want to necessarily take it directly to another director, Sarah would sit with us and she would kind of mediate these meetings. I think that So I'm curious was which, which, where that puts her in the birth order. Well, because I, because I, because I thought maybe she was a middle child. A middle oh, child. I, that's I what I thought. Middle. Oh, yes. all right. I okay. I thought that's I where you were going. I am in the yeah, middle. Yeah, yeah. I wondered. Okay, so yeah. that. I, yeah, you're right. I think. I think that that totally makes sense. Yeah. And I can definitely attest to that being a fourth that came along and it's evolved, but. Sarah's amazing to work with in that way. It's just like mm-hmm. very responsive and as a festival assistant mm-hmm. director and very kind and empathy. And right. I've seen you running around the festival taking care of all all kinds of things, but all all year long too. But, yeah. So and and perhaps a little so. uncomfortable with compliments. I've noticed. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm slowly rolling away from the microphone. So okay. so Steph, I, I want to kind of put you in the spotlight right okay. now for the same reasons. Now you're a realtor in your your day job. Well. That's a newer And thing this is for what me. I was gonna say. How much has your other career, your day jobs uh-huh. how much has it evolved because of your involvement? I mean are you are you when you think about what do I want to do to make some money, do you well, think I, keep I, in mind? I juggle a lot of careers. I have I'm also a hairstylist. Right. That's been my longtime career and I'm lucky that everything I've sort of gone into do I can be my own boss, which is huge. Are you lucky or did you do that on purpose? No, I I don't I mean, I guess, I guess originally it was kind of on purpose. Um, I don't, I just like to do a lot of stuff. I can't sit still well. I always <laughs> want to learn. I always want to discover new, new things. I overfill my plate a lot, but it seems to kind of work itself out. Is I have a sh- family. I was going to tell, I was going to, David and I both, you know, a few of us tree fort, tree forters have kids. Yeah. Not all of them yet. Some are starting to have kids, uh-huh. but I have three. What are their David ages? David has three. three yeah. um, right now, 24, 20, and 16. But my youngest was six. Wait, how many years? Yeah. She was little, you know, and hmm. school. And, and I think back like, man, how did I do this festival with three kids is... and a husband? But they love Tree Fort so much, mm-hmm. and that's how I can keep doing it. And you put them to work too. I think. Oh, so they were yeah. so yeah. hard for me, but they love it. It's well, better. Than, it's better a... than Christmas, I think, for them. I'm not even kidding you. They're your daughter like... has a tree fort tattoo. <laughs> she, I think correct? she oh, wow. was one of the first ones to get a tree fort tattoo. Like maybe the second year she got that. <laughs> now, David, obviously your kids can't come to your ale fort. How old are your kids? Um, twelve, eight, and five. Yeah, it's and a big... yeah. So I'm see, it's tough. It's... Still waiting for when the oldest one mm-hmm. is like talking to her friends, and they're. Like, oh. oh my gosh, Tree Fort is so cool. Tree Fort's happening. Are you going to go? <laughs> yeah. And it'll click for her like, 
Oh, oh yeah. No, my dad works at Treefort. Like, <laughs> yeah, Treefort is super cool. Yeah. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm, I'm yeah, sure it Yeah, it's fun to share with your family for sure. Like, and my middle mm-hmm. daughter will be 21 this month. Last year, she was like, oh, <laughs> I'm almost there. This so year, she can take You're getting pretty close to the change when they're out of the house. Starting, yeah. I have one that's left and come back and one that's Ooh. out and one that's still there. But I love them and I love them being around so they can come back whenever they want. <laughs> I don't want to get too far afield because yeah, I, am sorry. Fa- but I am fascinated <laughs> by this topic because I'm in the same boat. But um, let's go to David then. Um, we were talking about general challenges that Tree mm-hmm. Fort has faced in their growth. And I think some of the challenges that you guys have faced have been unique, singular, sui generis. Yeah. <laughs> When after the first one, so, so you, and it started early after the first um, ale fort when you had, you know, drunks lying in the bushes. How did you guys respond? And did you respond to that as, okay, this is clearly we did it once and we got to figure it out? Or was it a little bit traumatic? Um, I think I may have been just too young to have felt traumatized or have, like known the gravity of the situation because I was only 24. So similar to Sarah, just like not, I mean, Basically, my whole adult life has been spent, it feels like, um, involved in Treefort. And so, you know, the next year, right away, we went to a system in which people, you know, paid per drink. And since then, I've only had to kick out, like, three or four people. And I think, you know, 90, you know, three of the four have been brewers. And (laughs) one of them was a lady who was like, I know Eric Gilbert. And I was like, great, let him know what happened. Yeah. Um, Nice try, Lee. Yeah. Yeah. but, you know, for us, the challenge in Aleford in particular has been um, balancing between um, programming that is, like, meaningful and rewarding and interesting and, you know, people's desire to just get, like, the f- perfect festival buzz before they go <laughs> to see other shows. And I yeah. think... Well, and I almost feel like the, the history of Aleford has sort of tracked with the history of, of beer, craft beer, growing up. Oh, very much so. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned when we were talking outside that, so you did some changes before this year that made the focus more on fewer fewer beers, but more sophisticated beers and more food. And better presentation of those beers because, um, yeah, it's it just like, as you suggested, the way that we all interact with craft beer has changed a lot. Of, you know, uh, And it, it, I think it parallels a lot of these other type of movements we've seen, like local food movements mm-hmm. and... Um, this sort of uh, interest everyone has in like, you know, ethical purchasing mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the way people are turning away from kind of a homogenized culture and people are starting to get really proud of their city and the place that they live, yeah. which I think is a big part of why Treefort was able to kind of explode like it did. But um, it didn't feel like the beer scene alone was going to be able to like make that lift for us mm. anymore. And so that's why there's been this expansion to more serious food topics and... Um, to, you know, cocktails and wine this year. But you said there had been a little bit of pushback when these changes were suggested. Um, Well, sometimes it's, and pushback might be a strong word, but it's like, you know, there is probably the bulk of the customer base really is mostly interested in a fun, vibrant party atmosphere where they can sample beer, regardless of how interesting it is or how thoughtful the menuing is. Um, And so, you know, I try to encourage as many people that are more interested in, in the culture building aspects of alcoholic beverage and, um, you know, local cuisine to c- 
come to the festival to change that atmosphere even for them. It's funny. People care about their beer. Yeah. They have very specific ideas about how they want to drink their beer. And, and let's expand this to the whole group. Over the course of eight years, of course, there's been a lot of course corrections, a lot of changes, a lot of growth. What has the group done when there's been pushback? And what are some things that have invited pushback? Trying to think of any. We have one coming right now a little bit with oh. the, the storyboard program, the Drag Queen Story Hour. And you said you've been getting a lot of stuff now mm. on the tree forward macro side. There's obviously people targeting such things mm. out there in the world. Yeah, it's one of our values, I think, for all of us. It's true that we're very inclusive and we're celebrating everyone's true self. And so, um, yeah, sometimes, and it's usually not, not anyone that would ever go to Tree Fort, but, you know, people glom on with the Internet. It's people glom on to the, the um, these groups get activated by, they get triggered by one thing, one, you know, programming title, one, because we really are telling everyone's story, especially at Story Fort mm -hmm. and with music and, I mean, every fort, film fort, but Story Fort really tells everyone's story. I think we have, we grow when we learn okay, do we respond to these people? How do we want to respond to these people? And I think that's the key. And we talked about that when yeah. we did our Story Fort Origin podcast. Is that mm -hmm. is sort of a dividing line for you deciding how to respond. Yeah. And um, I, all of our decisions at the uh, festival, I think um, we really deliberate. We deliberate from the heart as well as the head. But um, I think, yeah, we we have tough spots in there personally like in between all of us and also in the community but usually we come together and um yeah we come together as a team even when we have differences and and, and i would say the way you respond to these sort of things is sort of a measure of the level of professionalism you want to have mm -hmm. and since i brought up the p word <laughs> it could be a dirty word <clears throat> yeah or not so you know we've grown up like we said like david and i were really young and even if you weren't in your 20s, you were in your early 30s and still just figuring it out. And it speaks to that. Maybe 40s. 40s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Around there somewhere, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're old ages. <laughs> but um, I think we we have grown up and we have gotten a little more professional. Like, But that probably just speaks to how many spreadsheets we have. And, uh, <laughs> marketing plans. Marketing plans and how we keep track of folks. But still, we're... It's changed to like, you know, we used to have meetings in this little family room mm -hmm. and it was like 20 or 25 people and we all cram onto these couches and we outgrew the room. Mm -hmm. Now we're 60 people in the meetings and we rent out like a local co-work space or they, they actually lend it to us generously. But um, yeah, sometimes it does feel, I don't know, what do you guys think? A little more professional, but still. I think it's a good balance. Yeah. I think that I don't really think I'm, I mean, I'm. I'm You're very flat. professional. Really? Guess. <laughs> I was going to say, am I? I mean, it depends. I and I guess my, my careers, I, I feel like I am. Um, but my role at Treefort has just kind of been like I've made it up. And it kind of is like <laughs> yeah. it changes and people come in and work with us that are new. And, and I, I don't feel mm -hmm. like I'm a professional but hospitality. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I can throw a good party, but I wouldn't. Well, there has to be some level. There has to be some level of professionalism to be sustainable sure if you've been growing like this but has anyone well and we do we do work with a lot of local businesses so yes mm -hmm. you do yeah. have to you do yeah. you do have to you know obviously be professional in your relationships with the with the people who are supporting us but has um, there has it ever become an issue have there been people who are like no wait man we started this as a you know grassroots diy I punk think, rock and now look at um, us 
um, we're making marketing plans. It's professional. Not to single you out. But it's like this best type of professionalism, which is yeah. that we all have, um, you know, our commitment to each other keeps us all, yeah. you know, like consistent and great follow through and excellent communication because we are just like everybody is down for the cause and mm-hmm. supports the yeah. mission. And so um, it, you know, all feels very professional, right. but not in the sort of like, like khaki pant office yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. sort like of way. We've, we were very, tr- we've stayed very true to not being a big corporate, Yes, you know, we, it, yeah, it's not field. always easy to carry on without some of that higher level mm-hmm. um, funding, I guess, but it's very important to us to keep it very small. Do you feel like everyone has grown into their roles? To the point of where, you know how you, you always hear with a startup, let's say. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Some young people have a great idea, and mm-hmm. five years down the line, they have to hire an adult to run mm-hmm. everything for them. Mm-hmm. Do you think in the case of Tree Fort, that doesn't seem to have happened. The same people are still involved. Is it because everyone's grown as their roles have grown? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, the... Th- Two of you, or the three, or four of us, Christian too. I'm here to be I, think, <laughs> I think we've all grown as leaders. I hate the leader word, Ooh. but it's, or I don't hate it. It just makes people uncomfortable. Like, yeah. To be like, oh, I'm a it's leader. It's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but I think y'all really have, and I think I think I have. Um, I don't know if that speaks professionalism, but definitely, how am I a leader? How am, do I make this a safe place for people to be? How do I make it mm-hmm. encouraging and so yeah, I think it's uncomfortable to grow as a leader, but mm-hmm. it's it is a little bit of looking back and being like, oh well, yeah, I was just partying, and now I am a little bit of in charge of this party. Was, yeah, <laughs> and that was my next question. I had read an article, um, I think it was two or three years old, talking about how Tree Fort had sort of found its business head. You know that it was oh hey we are a business. Mm-hmm. In your experience, was that an easy place to get to? I mean, there's definitely uh, benefits. Uh, it's it's a tricky balance. Yeah, for sure. I think so it's too. It's tricky to be like, we do this for the fun and for the heart and spirit and placemaking. But at the end of the day, we want to have a festival the next year. Right. So, you know, yeah. in the middle of 2019, you're like, okay, how, you know, I hope we're selling enough just because we want it to happen again. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want to have a successful business for sure, but really, it's so we want a successful business, so we're all still together, mm-hmm. and so that we are still bringing joy to people. And you say you you want to have you want to do it again, but is there also since we want it better next year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think sometimes to a fault, we want it better next year. <laughs> yeah, it is not uncommon for um, me to think to myself or get feedback from other people. Why did it have to change? Why 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 is it need to be always so different? David is a dreamer and if everyone at Tree Ford is. Like mm-hmm. you see something like, Oh, next year we can we can make, you know Right, we're we've we're coming into the home stretch now, so I wanted to talk a little bit about collaboration. You're putting together, I mean, just, I'm trying to imagine the meetings that result in the slate of artists, and you all have different jobs, right? But when we're all sitting in that room, and I'm putting myself there, (laughs) whose voice is the loudest? Is there a voice that's loudest? Is everyone's voice as loud? How does this all come together? And I'm thinking specifically of the artist lineup. Who who decides that? That, so there's an artist committee, and I sit on that, but um, we take everyone's input. So mm-hmm. it starts as like a, you could look at a crazy web where 
at the center is um, the festival director. He is the one actually like contacting the agents and making the plans. But then around that is an artist committee of like ten people, and then he'll take input from any from anyone. Mm-hmm. So he has like you know if the com- people in the community are excited about bands. He takes that input, and so it's very collaborative. Mm-hmm. It's um, the submission we the, have. A... We have music submissions where two thousand bands submitted last year, and every <laughs> single band is listened to. Okay, and yeah. and is there anyone who is the designated no person? Yeah, you gotta have a no. No K N O W or N O. N O. He's well loved though. I feel like. He'll go nameless. Is like kind of oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Good call. Drew's no offense. Bed, yeah. It depends the subject of when someone's no. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, it depends which what you're passionate about. Your no can come out. Yeah. Well, but I mean, you understand the value of a no. Person. Oh, you got to have the no yeah, person. Absolutely. Yes. Especially sure. with a scrappy group. Especially of... with dreamers. Dreamers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you have fifty dreamers in a room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me ask you guys, and individually. How does what you do now in conjunction with Treefort compare to what you thought you were signing up with? There was a weird thing where I remember very specifically the first time I was ever going to meet. I'd already met Drew and Erica a bunch of times, but the first time I ever met um, Lori, I was like leaving the house. And I, and this is almost embarrassing to admit, but I remember I could tell that it was going to be really big and super cool. And I said to my wife, like, Patty. This is, this is it. This is going to be like, this is going to change our vision. I, I, I mean, I, wow. I could have also just been being naive and dumb, I think. <laughs> well, and I also feel like with you and with Christian, your story's a little different because you went to the founders with an idea. Right. And you said, well, this is going to be a spinoff idea and we're going to mm-hmm. do this. Whereas you guys were more just like, we're in. What do, what do you want us to do? <laughs> yeah. What can we do? Yeah. Very true. And for you, mm-hmm. it's become your job. Yeah, yeah, I never thought, I, you know, when I was in college or uh, trying to get my anthropology degree, that never happened because I got into this. <laughs> I have a I mean, lot of... You could have a lucrative job as an anthropologist <laughs> yeah. right now, and you don't. I kind of am. I guess I'm studying That's musicians and all of you. I'm just watching all of you closely. <laughs> but, um, no, I never thought I would be a festival director. That's for sure. And I'm so grateful and feel really lucky it's i've gotten to go to like dozens of festivals in different in mexico and different countries for like for work for like work. i'm on quotation a work trip <laughs> i'm and i just feel really grateful so and and those of you for whom it's still labor of love mm-hmm. how does it compare to what you signed up for oh boy um well no one knew how big it was going to be right and so um you know what started out as running this artist lounge at the top of the london building and um putting out a couple bowls of chips and <laughs> salsa <laughs> um to you know five days worth of almost 24 7 having to pro- figure out how to move food around an entire footprint of a festival and I didn't see that happening. How many people <laughs> are you feeding now? It's well, I mean, and we had what, 450 bands. So, so yeah. if on average Jeez. there's four people in a band, it's funny because I'll I'll look at like these you know these bands that will be announced, and I'm like, oh my god, there's 11 people <laughs> in that band. 
Why it's kind of a joke. So many but... horn players. <laughs> <laughs> Can you only not but, in the horn section? Yeah. But I really do love to problem solve. I love it. I love having to problem solve on the spot. Um, strategizing, um, you know, moving things around. I love. We, again, I can't say enough about Boise is so special, and that so many local businesses. We couldn't do what we do mm-hmm. without the support of local businesses. They donate food to us, so that's kind of a puzzle. You know, I'll I'll take I'll have all of these um, amazing food donations that I have to figure out days and times and forts and rooms and press lounges or you know where am I going to move this all around so it's a real it's a real puzzle and um, I do like that and you bring up a really good point that I think we'll close on um, and I had it down in my notes for all of you from the spark of your involvement in this to now was it love of music was it love of art was it love of the people was it love of the place all of the above for me community is really important people music all of it yeah I would agree I think um, just the spark of there's more in life, like in that all yeah. of that. There's the spark of like it's not just going to work, going to school, and paying bills. Like I think for all of us, life's we want to celebrate life. So I think that's all of those things you could wrap up. Yeah, and the thing that keeps me coming back is just how open the city becomes. Like everyone yeah. lets their guard down and is yeah. like, I'm going to experience stuff I've never experienced before. Whether or not is like beer straight out of a barrel or. A, um, you know, a band that I've never heard of that's, you know, a woman who's a native Colombian, but actually a, you know, Canadian citizen now that, you know, and people just, I mean, it's not very often that a whole city agrees. We're just going to be open to new experiences and we're going to keep, yep. open, you know, like yep. keep it fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's definitely like why a lot of the forts have come along. Storyport for sure. I saw what was going on as a music fan. It's wanting to be with the, the cool kids, you know, also you know, <laughs> I want to play in, in this fort. Um, but it's just yeah, magical. It's, re- it's really a, an amazing thing to see the city come alive. I would definitely say that. And it's, I think it helps us kind of stand apart as a festival. Yeah. I'm not as steeped in, you know, recent festivals as Sarah probably is now research wise, but it's just like impressive. Like, Larry stuck around now. He loved it. And all these all, all writers, but once they come and feel that, you know, you get to go to Ale Fort and they get to go to Yoga Fort and they get to go to Storyport and all the forts and then also there's bands. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's, yeah. Like, there's wow. bands. 400 plus bands. It's just really amazing. Yeah, so, it really is. Her, yeah. And that's something Christian and I talked about yesterday, the difference between just Storyfort versus the normal literary festivals mm-hmm. that we go to that are pretty staid. Yeah. Hmm. Or like a beer festival. This is probably pretty unique to a beer festival yeah. as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. so I think. Thank you. It's a yeah, nice little synergy you got going here. Can I say one more thing? And I've you said this say so many, many times to want. anybody that asked me what it was like that first year that we were planning this thing, because it just is, it sticks out more in my head than I think anything else. Um, first of all, we were, Eric and I, there was a, we were down in South by Southwest, like the week before Tree Fort. And he and I were talking about, oh, my God, we, we have to get home and, you know, we're going to be headed back to Boise. And in three days, we're throwing this music festival. What are we even doing here? We didn't know how big it was going to be or how it was going what was going to happen. The night before the the first day of the first tree fort, we were, we were sitting around um, in Laurie Chandra's living room around a coffee table. That's how few of us there were in her living room. And we're all kind of, you know, we brought our, our notes and what are we going to do? You know, what if this happens? What if this happens? And I'm... 
I'm sitting there like, we're never going to pull this off. <laughs> there's too many, there's too many like loose ends still. How in the world is this ever going to come together? And by God, it, did. Yeah. it was seamless. Like yeah. it was well, amazing. It's seamless to the audience. I think that's the yeah. beauty. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I love that they just, they totally appreciate how much work goes into it. Yeah. But they just get to experience the pure magic. And then so do we. But I love looking out on the yeah. crowd. Like oh, we, the smiles you can kind of stand just... on main stage in the corner and look out, and I just yeah, love I to love see that. all their faces yeah. smiling. And but I think yeah. that even that first year, like venues ran on time. Most I think there was like <sighs> that's crazy. Somehow, mm-hmm. like I don't think there were any. It's everyone's buying the everyone. Yeah. Like, yeah, look at the venues too. Oh my yeah, gosh, yeah. how down they are for yeah. us to make a crazy party happen for five days in their venue. So right. yeah, at the end of that first one, we're kind of like, okay, I think we can do this. And that's again. kind of <laughs> part of the mission of this podcast is to bring these voices out. Then actually, for people who come to the festival, we get to know what it's like on the backside. So oh, yeah. yeah, so, so cool. it's cool to see the whole thing. The other important thing is it is a festival of discovery. 100%. That's um, what David was saying. Yeah, yeah. So that's, um, that's our motto. I, I get, People consent to it, which is yeah, yeah. I get. I always get really defensive because you know, people. I'm not going to go. I don't know any of those names on that lineup. I mean, do you hear that all the time? Oh, for sure. And I, it drives me crazy because that's part of the beauty of it. Um, try to go to Treeport and not recognize a single name and still not have the time of your life and yeah. discover twelve of your new favorite bands. Yes, mm-hmm. if not more. And so food and I, I would and, yeah. please ask people to not get turned off and don't come to our festival because you don't know any of the names on our lineup. We're going to wrap it up right there. Okay, Very I'll positive it. way to wrap it up because <laughs> um, we're out of time. Yeah, <laughs> we are out of time. We could keep going, but we're out of time. Uh, thanks to, of course, Treefort. Yes. Uh, thanks to Eavesdrop Podcast Network. Yes. Uh, you can find at ease-drop. Dot com. Tell people where they can find social media posts re- having to do with Treefort. You can find us on all social media channels at Treefort Music Fest. And then our website is treefortmusicfest.com. And you can check out all the forts there, too. There's 10 forts. So David is here, and he's in charge of Ale Fort. Chris is in charge of Story Fort. There are eight more, if you can believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Eight more. Will there be more forts? This year, we are adding Art Fort. We've always had amazing art gallery. We've had performance art. We've had dance. And now they're all living under one fort, as well as Drag Fort is living under um, Art Fort as well. Well, thank you so much, uh, Sarah, Steph, and David. Christian, do you remember the line you said at our last one that I, I thought do. was an awesome line? So, so why don't you take us out with that? We say, we'll just see you at the fest. See you, <laughs> see you there. there. <laughs> you know, you'll see us, hopefully, if yes. we make it. And uh, donate to Eavesdrop, right? There's Absolutely. A donate, yep. There's a On their oh, website. Yeah. Donate tip button. Jar. Oh, yeah, we forgot. There is a yeah. donate button to Eve. We're, we're still new at this. They call it the tip jar. The tip jar. The tip, tip jar, jar tip. on the Eavesdrop website. And you'll find it in the show notes to this episode. Right. And you can Absolutely. buy tickets to the festival on our website. We just got so much information, we can't stop. All right, thanks everyone.